Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mark. Mm -hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy... They are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 36 of the golfing calendar, and today we're at the famous Royal Melbourne in the Morecambe Room overlooking the beautiful 18th hole. Bit overcast, bit of wind around. You know what? Feels like a perfect day for a glass of wine and a bit of talking birdies. So now, on the most listened to Australian golf podcast... Here's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Talk birdie to me. So we're at Royal Melbourne Golf Club in the Morecambe Room, and I wander in, and Dan and Nick have got themselves a nice house red. That's how we're travelling these days. <laughs> well, Mine's on the way. Uh, thanks for ordering. Nick, what is it? What, what's this red you're drinking here? Well, the thing about all golf clubs, I think, in Australia, is they always have their signature drinks, yes, right? Wherever right. you go, Kingston Heath would be the same for yourself. Yes. I know Metropolitan, they do it. Yeah, Kingston Heath uh, has got a thing called the Southerly Buster. Yes. They're I've, unreal. I've had one of those. Very you, nice. Yeah, they're really <laughs> they nice. They are very good. But, uh, <laughs> but here, they, they have a house Shiraz. It's from uh, Epsilon in the Barossa Valley, and there's a member, local member, Aaron Southern, who uh, who provides that. So, uh, and I'll tell you what, let me yeah. just have my first sip. Yeah, go sip, on. Because yeah, the, the colour is incredible. It's, it's not a dark, your first sip. ruby Look, red. Who are you trying and I know to yours fall? is on the way. <laughs> who are you trying to fool? Dan? Oh, it's, not, it's not my first ship, I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. I can tell. <laughs> that's fabulous. All, All right, right, that's good. And we're in the Morecambe Room. Now, the Morecambe, Morecambe name, that's a famous one here at Royal Melbourne. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head trying to work out. Uh, yes, Mick Morecambe. Uh, he was a head greenkeeper when the course, remember the course was first designed by yeah. Alistair McKenzie yeah, yeah. and Alex Russell. Russell that's right. That's Almost right. 100 years ago. And he was the... He was the greenkeeper here for many, many years early on, and, and what a job he did. Yeah, one of the great things when you drive into Royal Melbourne, I mean, these days it's unbelievable with the new car park mm. and the, the grass tennis courts out the front. The clubhouse looks unbelievable. But it, when you drive in just on the right-hand side, you'd see the tools that they hoed the fairways with day one. And it's just dirty old machines. You can imagine <laughs> just a donkey you know, in front of them yep. dragging them along. But I, I just love history at golf clubs yep. and, and and you walk through how about downstairs in this joint when you walk through and see all the old clubs that have been used here over the years and the pitches oh it's incredible it and they've got incredible. scotty's uh, clubs from his masters win the history when you walk down that main hallway is yeah. magnificent what's the what's the club there's a, there's a club uh, uh, the colonial when i go into yes. that colonial uh, so that's where they play the colonial tournament um uh, in 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 uh, fort worth when you go in there and you get to go in Ben Hogan's little 
shop there or whatever the shrine, hell it is. Shrine, basically. It's a shrine. And then you look at the, you know, the, the pictures on the walls. And, you know, you've got Sneed and Nelson and everybody yeah. who was anybody had been there. It is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things, you know, when you go into a new course for the first time, especially if it's been around 100-odd years and big tournaments have been played there. Mm. It is just magnificent just it, to take 10 minutes to have a look around. Yeah, I, I always, every year I played the Colonial Tournament there, I'd always go in there for 10 or 15 minutes and you can get lost in there. Yeah. You can really, and they've got videos playing. They've got his own old locker that yeah. was set up with all his gear that was in there. Yeah. Uh, you know who did something recently very similar was the Woodlands Golf Club. They did it for Margie Masters, who is a legendary right. yeah. uh, female golfer who's played in the US for many, many years, and she passed recently. But they've done a, they've set up a very similar room, and I was in there the other day after just playing some golf, and I got lost in it for about ten or fifteen minutes, just reading all the history, and it was yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff Ogilvy, Jeff Ogilvy went in uh, when they were having a look at Shady Oaks. Now, of course, OCM have redone Shady Oaks, and that's Ogilvy, uh, uh, Mike Cocking, Mead. Um, they did the short course there where Ben Hogan used to practice, and then yep. they ended up on the strength of how good the short course was. They went and got the whole course. But you could go in there and use some Ben Hogan drivers. Really? So they had... And nobody can, everyone who hits this driver <laughs> that Ben Hogan used, you know, for a great majority of his career, everyone hits it straight right. Yeah. And, and Jeff Ogilvy tells a story that it's like a pole. It, it's the stiffest club you've ever seen. It sits super flat. because Super heavy too, I'm imagining. Super heavy, super flat. Um, no roll mm -hmm. on the face. It's just a dead straight club. Wow. And everybody who hits it, including Jeff Ogilvy, it just goes... Miles right. <laughs> it just no one can get this thing anywhere near. Probably struggle to get it airborne too. Where they think it goes. Yeah. And here's a bloke who was five foot three and you know had an accident short in his golf swing, did everything, just couldn't miss a fairway with the thing. Yeah. Anyway, Amazing. If Amazing. you get an opportunity to do that stuff. Hey, uh, the reason we're here at Royal Melbourne today is because I played in the Lexus of Blackburn golf day. Beautiful. And how did you go, by the way? We came third. Nice. Yeah, it's not nice. bad. I've look at that. I picked up this uh, Footjoy top. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it yeah. fits nicely, actually. Perfect. Uh, I'm very happy. Anyway, um, you know, these things, they always give you a few golf balls. So you get a sleeve of golf balls. Yep. I can tell you this. I'm a pro V1 guy and have been, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. So am I. They threw in these uh, Tour Soft Titleists. I thought, yeah, I'll give them a go. You know. Tour Soft? It's called Tour Soft. Okay. Well, the ball went like the clappers off the tee, <laughs> as good as you get. I mean, if you've got a five on or something, don't expect to stop the five on any better than you would with an old pinnacle or something. Okay. But around the greens, you know how hard the greens yeah. are at this joint. For sure. Um, you've got a little bit of spin. So I'm putting it out there. If you have been a rusted-on Pro V1 Titleist kind mm -hmm. of person, um, or any other ball for that matter, uh, and you're losing a little bit of yardage off the tee... So let's say your swing speed's under 100 miles per hour, which mm -hmm. I'm fast approaching. Have a crack at these balls. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I was really, really impressed. So, sometimes you've actually got to be forced into trying something because I would never have ever in a million years. What did you get? A sleeve of three? Yeah, sleeve of three. Did you have the three or what, did you just, was it just one for the day or did you go through all three? I uh, lost one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can give me one to try. <laughs> I've got one left, Nick. Okay. I, I'll give you the used one. Yeah, thanks. The used one. <laughs> hey, I guess the big news, uh, and we've been watching him for a while, uh, he's won on the European Tour now. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, or Adberg, um, mm. 
and this is what a time to have the win because as we record, we think the decision being made right now for the European Ryder Cup tour picks are being made. Now, if, if you are picking the European side, do you leave him out, Nick? No way. No way. No, that's for sure. Um, the performance he put in down the stretch especially, and everyone's sort of been talking about this young guy. He's, he's six foot three, tall strapping, swings it like a... You know, like Adam Scott, basically, yep. just like a god. And has never done anything wrong in his entire life No, uh, when I talk to the coach. Okay, yeah. Never in his life. And you know what I love about him? Is he plays fast. Yeah. And that really is a check in the box for me. He has a pure action. The only one bad thing I don't like about him is he's a spitter. Okay. He spits. He spits. Does, how yeah. bad does it look on but, TV yeah, these days when people are spitting? But a lot of the Swedes were like that. You know, yeah. they've, they've got the dip in the corner of the mouth. I'm not Ooh. sure if he's got any dip in there, but no, uh, no so I was watching him on the 18th tee. He had a bit of a weight and, and there was a fair bit coming out. But at least he had some saliva in the mouth because yeah. <laughs> some some players might be a little dry. But, yeah. uh, God, it is a bad look though, yeah. isn't it? When you see someone just go, turr, mm. on camera. I mean, I wonder if the PGA Tour understands that well, how yeah. bad a look it is. I mean, you know, I guess we're winching well, about something, nothing really. But well, if you watch the baseballs, you wouldn't want to do that because oh. they do it everywhere. But uh, as, as I was watching the final day, and as the the, the sort of the Sunday evolved, it, it was almost a shootout between the Fitzpatrick brothers. Mm. That was the other big story. Yeah. We had Matt Fit, Matt Fitzpatrick who was leading the whole way, and his brother Alex started the day two or three behind him in a tie for third or they fourth. They played or together something. at the start of the third round. Was that right? Or the no, start of the fourth round. No, no, no. They, they didn't play. Together. They didn't play together. And. Um, as it turned out, I was watching the leaderboard and you had Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, because he made an early birdie or two and he was coming in second to, to right. his brother. And I thought, how are the parents going? Because apparently <laughs> they were out there as well. <laughs> Who were they following? Who are they yeah. barracking? But yeah. as it turned out, Ludwig just, he was about uh, two or three shots behind with six to play. Fitzpatrick had the tournament in his hands. Mm. Ludwig birdied four of the last five, which is a no oh, mean effort, unreal. especially on that golf course. Crunchesier, it's i got to be honest, it's not a great golf no, course. It's a dodgy it's, course. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Good views. <laughs> nice views. Spectacular. The best yeah. views you're ever going to see But as dodgy as dodgy. Yeah, many, many years ago, Seve Ballesteros redid the golf course. They actually got Did him he? to That's remodel Seve. it. Yeah. And you know what he did? He made it impossible to get the thing up and down around the greens. <laughs> he basically turned the greens into upside-down sources, so that, that played oh, right into man. his hands. But uh, Fitzpatrick made a horrible bogey on the par five, the 14th, I think it was. He was greenside in two, chipped yep. it through the green into the bunker, makes bogey. Bogey's three of the last four mm. or five and loses the golf tournament. So great effort by Ludwig because everyone had been talking about Yes, he's had some solid results. He's been top 10s in that, but he hasn't really been in contention and a chance to win. What's he going to do when the heat comes on? And he answered the call. And for me, you yeah. pick him. Yeah. You pick him. He has to be picked mm. now. Now, if you're just kind of new to the podcast, and we've been talking to, about him for a little while now because he won the very first ever NCAA US Tour exemption. So he must be playing these... On invites, is that right? Because, I mean, this DP World yep. Tour is not where he got his exemption. No, no. no he's, he's only been a pro 75 days, I believe, and this is his sixth European start. So he has had a couple of invites. Um, but when you look at, uh, you know, the, the way his career is projected so far, mm. I mean, the end of this year, I, I think he's playing on invites. Next year he gets that full exemption, as we know, over in the US on that college system, I think. Um I think that's correct, correct? Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, that sounds right. That's right. They only give one exemption every year. You've got yes. to be the leading player um, who is, uh, I, I imagine, at the start NCAA of the year. NCAA rankings, yeah. You've probably had to put your hand up and say, this is my last year. 
because otherwise, if you're a leading NCAA player uh, in your second year, yeah, then you could kind of just pull up stumps on your college career and just take off. Yeah, very true. Yeah, but uh, it, it's thrown an interesting, not spanner, because I think he should have been picked on the team anyway. From what I've seen of the guy, the way he's, he's, uh, his game fits the golf course in Marco Simone in Italy, where the Ryder Cup will be coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. The US team, we spoke about that last week, and we were looking at the picks, who would get in, who would miss out. We were pretty close. We were very close, and I was actually pretty surprised. So, Which one do we miss? Well, let me go through the automatics already right. who, yeah. who were in. It was Scheffler, Clark, Harmon, Cantlay, Homer, and Shoffle. Right. Not Shefeli, but Shoffle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they have picked Brooks Kepka, yeah. Spieth, Morikawa, Burns, Fowler, and JT. And JT, and JT the, is the big yeah. controversial one. I, I, I always thought he was going to get in. I thought Fowler was going to get in. The one who I thought, wow, they didn't pick was Cameron Young. I thought he would get a yeah. no problem at all. So but who do you drop out of JT? Well, I had a, no, no. I actually had a feeling they were going to pick Brooks, but um, even though he just missed out on automatic. But Zach Johnson came out and said, no, no, it was a no-brainer. We were going to pick him all along. He's there for the big stage. Uh, the guys get on well with him, which is fair enough. He hasn't really kicked up a fuss since he's gone to the live. So uh, Keegan Bradley, Cameron Young and Lucas Glover, they're the three which mm. were pretty hard done by. Keegan Bradley came out during the week and said, I'm not part of the boys club. Uh, Cameron Young actually had been told by Freddie Couples a couple of months ago, yes, you're in. <laughs> and Freddie's one of the assistant captains. Yeah, so. that's right. So you would take that as... As stone, yeah, and exactly. That's done. You're a lock, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be listening to Freddie too uh, too soon. Oh, but yeah. as far as the European team goes, uh, the automatics are Ram, Rory, Hovland, Hatton, McIntyre, who just fin- yeah. uh, solidified his qualification, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Now the next thing, again, these are the picks that I think are going to happen. You've got Fleetwood, Strucker, Rose, Lowry. They, the, they all get in. They're the four that yeah. I'm definite. They, now, they are in. For me, I'm going Moronk and Aberg. They're the next two. And from, from the group that you've got to pick from, you've got uh, Yannick Paul, who's a German, Victor yep. Perez, and then the Hoygaard brothers, yeah, Rasmus and Nikolai. But I think they're going to go Moronk, who's won it, Marco Simone, and Aberg. His game sets up perfect for the course. Yeah, and don't forget Moronk's the uh, defending Australian Open champ as yes, well. So, so if you've, you've heard the name, you weren't trying to work out where you're placing it. He came down to Aussie uh, last year and won the Australian yep. Open, the Vic and Kingston Heath. Indeed. Well, that all makes sense. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm on you with, mm. with, with your team. And Aberg is just a mortal lock now after winning and booting four of the last five to do it. We'll see. He's still young. Um, but the thing about Aberg, and I think the reason why they should pick him, because he could become the cornerstone of the Ryder Cup team in years, four years yeah. and years to come. Because looking at his game, his style, the way he goes about it, he's a future yeah. number one player well, in the world for they sure. Did, they did that with Sergio Garcia. Yeah. I reckon Sergio Garcia played really early. Yes. I mean, I think he might have been a 19-year-old or maybe a 20-year-old and got a call up to the Ryder Cup. Uh, and with uh, uh, with Jose Maria, I think, you know, they, they won uh, a ridiculous amount of points for the European team. Mm. But you get somebody in there, I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And, and make that person, you know, we're going to build a team around you, Ludwig. That makes sense. For sure. But you look at those two teams and you go, wow. This is going to be one heck of a contest in a few weeks because both are very, very deep and strong. And uh, I still, I, I give the edge to Europe just because uh, the US hasn't won on yeah. on Europe soil in 30, 30 years. years. But 30 years. This is their strongest team I think they've ever fielded. It yeah. looks very impressive on paper. One of the sad things about the Ryder Cup down here in Australia is that golf people, 
we know how big it is. We know how good it is. We know the emotion. We know the golf that's played, uh, the crowds, the whole lot. But unfortunately, it's always in grand final week. <laughs> and grand final, it just gets completely lost in grand final week. Now, I'm not sure this year with the September. NRL and the AFL uh, are different weekends, but it's going to be one of, their, one of them. When's, well, it's September 29 yes, to, to October 1. That's so AFL, yeah, that's grand AFL. Grand final days. There you the, go. Th- no, 30, I think it is. Yeah, so, yeah. that's yeah. right. Well, that's okay. It'll be the Sunday for them. Sorry, but they're in Europe, so it'll be Sunday night here. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. They only play three days Three as well. days. Yeah, yeah, so it's just a three-day up. With the President's yeah. Cup, five, they play four days. Five matches. Well, they, they play the same amount of matches as they do the President's Cup, but they squeeze it into three days rather than four, which I quite like. Yeah, well, I can't wait. Those teams look amazing. Mm. Um, can we just quickly talk about the Walker Cup? Because yes. I know the American team was one match behind coming into the singles, and you know the score. I don't. So no. what happened? Well, you'll be happy because they had the American team possibly had some of the best cardigans uh, that we've seen in golf. <laughs> I'll, 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 I've been sending you guys pictures, and I will quite happily say that the American Walker Cup team is the best dressed U.S. or any team anywhere in golf in the history of mm. the game. They look amazing. They did look really, really good. I'll they, say that. And some cardigans, you know, are really daggy. Yep. Those cardigans, they looked a million dollars. They were pretty schmick, yeah. Much better than the tracksuit tops that half the pros <laughs> are wearing these days. Yeah. I've, I've, I actually won one today. Look look at this little beauty. So I've, I've won this. I've put it straight on. That, that is nice. Right. It's a tracksuit top, Dan. That looks right. No, I want to wear a beautiful jumper with a V-neck and, you know, or a cardigan with some buttons that look nice. This is okay. We'll have to put that into the Talk Birdie Team merch eventually uh, when it yes. comes around. Oh, cardigans. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're going to have a, a Talk Birdie to me cardigan. I uh, love That's it. That's going to be our showstopper. Yeah. But uh, Don't anyway. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you, it'll be the showstopper. Right. We will call Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet and we will get that jumper sorted. Yeah. Cardigan and, sorted. And Sam's, he'll be right on top of this. He He's got a good eye for fashion, Sam Colossum, mate. Love it. Uh, and Sam, um, the Golf Clearance Outlet, now in Perth, in Brisbane, in Sydney, and there's about three stores in Melbourne. So it's a beauty. Mm. Go down there. Hey, beautiful. Tell me, you sent me a little bit of. Uh, it, it was a tweet. Well, hang on. And are, it, are we going Walker Cup to finish that off, or you oh wanna, yeah, sorry, you want to go yeah, on different yeah. tangents here? No, you know, no, we, no. we started that way. So what happens know, when so. you talk about cardigans? <laughs> cardigans. I get excited. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, it's the so the Walker Cup for the listener out there. It's kind of like the Ryder Cup, but it's the amateur version, yeah. right? Except. It's like the old Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's Great Britain and because Ireland. Because it's Great Britain and Ireland. I think it's time to go Europe you bet versus U.S. Because their record, U.S. has a 39-9-1 record. Yeah, it's against, got to change. Yeah, and, and Great Britain and Ireland haven't won since uh, 2015, I think no, it was. it's got but to change. The U.S. overran them. They had a one-point lead over the Americans uh, going onto the final round. And it was at St. Andrews, too. Yeah, how good was that? 35 mile an hour wins. It was pumping there. Yeah. So that would have been fantastic. But they overtook them, won 14 and a half to 11 and a half. And the next one... Can't wait for this. The 50th running of this tournament. Where's that going? Cypress Point. Oh, you are kidding me. How good. They're having a Walker Cup at Cyprus. Yeah, I think we need to do a podcast from there. <laughs> wow. Is that every two years, the Walker Cup, or every, is it every... Uh, every two, because that's 2025. Yeah. So, have, you ever, have you played Cyprus? I mean, I've played Cyprus. Oh, yes. Several times, yeah. Love it. Royal, this, this golf course where we're at today, Royal Melbourne, when we used to play tournaments here all the time, and when the first of the West was the first of the composite yeah. and it was played the right way, I didn't think you could find a golf course anywhere that would be better than Royal Melbourne Composite. And if you don't know, Royal Melbourne West is ranked number eight in the world. Royal Melbourne East is about 20-something. But believe me, folks, when you put 12 holes of the 
west and six holes of the east, mm. and it's all in the one paddock. It is a mind-bending, incredible journey when you walk around this place. Isn't Certainly it? is. And when the American teams, when they come here to play, and they've never seen it before, they virtually all say the same thing. So I was, I was actually in a pretty good spot there at one stage where Fred Couples, he had just lost to Roger Davis in the Bicentennial, Bicentennial Classic, yeah. which was in 1988. And he came back not long after the play in the first President's Cup that was here. And he was talking to uh, Davis Love III. And he said, Davis, if this golf course was in America, mm-hmm. it would be the number one or two golf course in the world. Yep. And then then he said, and everybody else who I know on the team, they're all saying the same stuff. Yep. They're saying exactly the same stuff. If this course was somewhere else that was in America... It, it just changes. Right. And unfortunately, Nick, now I want to ask you this question. Yeah. You know your stuff and you've played Cyprus and I agree, Cyprus, even though I've never seen Pine Valley, <laughs> neither have I actually. I'm going to say that Cyprus is probably the number two because every time I have a look at Pine Valley on yeah. YouTube or something, it does look unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but if Royal Melbourne Composite was judged mm-hmm. on those rankings, because yeah. it never is. No. But if it was judged, jeez. You'd be hard-pressed to beat it. Yeah, everyone always asks me, what's your favourite course in the world? And I have three. So I have the old course at St Andrews, yeah. in no particular order. Old course at St Andrews, Cypress Point, and then Royal Melbourne Concert, Co- yeah, Composite. Concert. So, yeah. um, And even if I, we just played West, I'd still have it in my three because yeah. I, I love the West. It's just incredible. Yeah. The East is magic as well, but it just I love the West over the East. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, and just being on the one paddock too. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's you, nice. You, that that's is the composite. Nice. Yeah. And the composite, you know, the way it used to play... Um, one through six, and you came back to the old pro shop. Yeah. Then you play seven through 12, and you come back to the pro shop. Mm-hmm. Then you play 13 to 18, and again, you come back to the old pro shop. So yeah. it was this beautiful little three holes of six, uh, th- yeah, and it was, yeah. Magic. It absolutely was magic. absolutely magic the mm. way it was. Anyway, um, by the way, I used to have the composite is the number one in the world until I saw Cyprus. <laughs> and then Cyprus edged me out. Uh, yeah. It edged it edged it's it out. It's pretty special for sure. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Now, Anne Van Dam. What a great name. One, one of the great sports names in the whole world. Two, she's got a beautiful swing. But Oof. three, there has been some drama. <laughs> it certainly has. On the Ladies European Tour at the Irish Open, Anne Van Dam had the lead going into the final round. As it turned out, she goes into a playoff right. with three, two other players. We had Smelatati Soenderby. Well done. I got that out. out. I don't that know how I got that out. Magnificent. Thank you. Have another glass of water. Uh, <laughs> well, that See actually, how you go. it helped. She's a Danish <laughs> girlfriend. And Swede Lisa Pedersen was also in there with Anne Van Dam. Now, right. as they're driving back down the 18th hole in the golf carts. As they do when you go back for a playoff, yeah. What I was confused with was why she didn't have the caddy in the back of the car. That's right. Because the other players did. Driving down, and they take a bit of a detour, going under the ropes, as you do. As you, you know, do. A lot of the times. And Van Dam reaches back, pulls the rope up, drops they, it, and thinking they're clear, the cart keeps going, bag, bang, down onto yep. the floor, snaps the head of her driver. Correct. Before <laughs> she can play in the playoff. It, it, now, we're gonna, we've got to post the footage. Oh, okay, it's so incredible. We, we'll, we will get it out to you, folks. But when... You could just see it, uh, oh, everything yeah. just taking yeah. place. Before, you know, like as soon as you sent it to me, I was going, "Oh no!" <laughs> but I just saw it at the start. Yep. The bag was dragged off. Yep. But then you see the official who was driving the cart hand back <laughs> the head cover. <laughs> head cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see the big wood is still in there. 
And you could see oh. that official's face. Oh, yeah. I mean... And, and Van Dam, you know what she said? What'd she say? I won't put the language in this that she used, but she said, you had one job to do. Is that what she said? She <laughs> <laughs> had the, one job. But the caddy was standing there as well, so the caddy must have been walking alongside. I don't know why the caddy wasn't in there, because what the caddy should do is oh, grab the rope. But in, at, at the same time, it was a little bit of Anne Van Dam's fault because she was the one who dropped the, yeah, that's dropped right. the rope where it finished. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, yeah. I'm not blaming the official who drove the cart. Yeah. I'm, I'm blaming Anne Van yeah. Dam. And usually what happens in this scenario, before the playoff starts, yeah. she can grab a backup driver. But guess what? Her backup driver that she started with the week with, or the driver she had to start the week, had been snapped on the way there in a flight. Are so she snapped me? two drivers for the week. Are you kidding me? <laughs> And and the 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 end of the story is she didn't win the playoff. Well, took three wood. She's long enough. It's yeah. a par five. Hits three wood. Hits an amazing second shot to about twelve feet. Uh, Smilatati Soenderby. I got that. Oh. Out of I'm on a roll yeah, with that name. That is magnificent. She hits it to fifteen feet. Drops it in for eagle, and Van Dam misses her eagle attempt. So uh, Smiller ended up winning the playoff, but. I don't think she would have done any better if she still had the driver in the bag, to be honest. So uh, I don't think it affected it that much. Uh, but I'd never seen stuff like that no. before. That's bizarre. No, that, that's that's yeah. Benny Hill stuff. Oh, it was incredible. Benny Hill. Incredible. I mean, this is a, now, tell me this. Anne Van Dam, has she won before? <laughs> has she had a win Ooh, yet on the European tour? That's a good question. Because something like that can crush your spirit. Here you are. You're going to go back and actually... You know, win for the first time somewhere and hopefully progress to the, the LPGA Tour. Yep. We'll find out. I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, I'm going to go get myself a little party pie and hopefully my red arrives. Obviously, you two have uh, <laughs> put the kibosh on that because it's still well, not yeah. here. Um, I'm going to get myself a little party pie and I'll see you on the 10th tee. Hopefully, we'll have the All answer right. whether Anne Van Dam has ever won cool. a European ladies event yet. Cheers, Mark. Oh. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine and start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers. Download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? Maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. 
This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. So, my red wine arrived and it's very nice <laughs> and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Narelle. Two, Jeez, you're sensitive. Anne Van Dam, we should be ashamed of ourselves, has won five times on the Ladies European Tour. Yes. Absolutely ashamed. And three, she clearly doesn't play ping clubs because if she was, it wouldn't have broken off and she would have <laughs> gone to the playoff and probably won. That's true. Good point. So yeah. she's not a ping player. And again, a big thanks to Ping uh, for looking after us Indeed. here at uh, Talk Birdie to us. Um, hey, a little bit of news too. Cam Smith. Now, I had been told, I'm going to say six weeks ago, that three of our best players, Adam Scott, mm-hmm. Mark Leishman, and Cameron Smith were not going to play in the Australian Open. Well, one of those has fallen through, and Cam Smith is playing in the PGA and the Open, so yeah, that's great news. That wasn't from your source in the States, was it? Or? No, that's a source from somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. My, source in the state, my source in the States is never Never wrong. wrong. Never, ever wrong. Did they get the Ryder Cup picks right? Or? No, I didn't ask. Didn't ask. Okay. I didn't ask. They're cool. But it is, you know, it's Scotty Scheffler's uh, brother-in-law, so it's not too bad. <laughs> Do they think Ludwig will make the European team? Uh, well, he wouldn't have known that one, yeah, but sure. I, I go to Nico Hearn for that sort of uh, sure, stuff. True. Yeah, yeah, for the European too, because you would have just called your old caddy and he would have just got the goss for yeah, you. Yeah, sure, no problem at all. He all done, just and, d- all done and dusted. Billy Foster and said, "What's the go?" Yeah. Um, just while we're here, the Australian Open, two courses, they're going again. Um, nothing's confirmed for 2024, but this year it is definitely going to be at two courses: mm-hmm. the Australian and the Lakes. Yep. Um, I think they've done a few things that are going to help the situation to make play a little bit faster. Correct. I won't announce them, but uh, I'll let the Australian uh, uh, yeah. Golf Australia and the PGA of Australia announce those things. Uh, but I think it will be a little bit better as far as pace of play. So um, well done for working that stuff out. And let's have one more crack at this experiment. If it's good, it's good. If it's no good, then maybe they'll change it. We'll see. We shall. Uh, let's get to some results. And you want to start at the LPGA? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go through the ones we... Yeah. We, we did the, the Omega Masters DP World Tour where Ludwig obviously won. Two-shot yep. win over Swedes' uh, Alexander Bjork, who came home like a train. Um, Jason Scrivener, best of the Aussies, tied for 36th. So, solid week there for Scrivener. Well. Yeah. doesn't he? He he's does just, quite well. He's a bit on autopilot, that guy from T to Green. Very impressive. At that uh, Irish Open on the uh, Ladies European Tour, WA's Kirsten Rudgley from my old club, Mount Lawley Golf yeah. Club, best finish on tour. Had a solo fourth. She was one shot out of the playoff. Well done, right? So a great week for her. She spent a month back in Perth just recently with a coach, Craig Bishop. Well, they call it K Rudge. I think so. Yeah, it could yeah. be. I think it, I think be. it is. Yeah, that'd be a good, uh, good little nickname. Yeah. Um, on the LPGA, the Portland Classic. This is always a favourite for Aussies because usually Hannah Green plays well mm. here, but unfortunately she missed the cut. But uh, it was a unique story there. It was Thailand's. Yeah. You know, if I get this out, have a, have I'm a doing sip, really have, have yeah. a sip first. Let me, let me have a sip. Oh, have right, a sip first. This will just loosen it up. This will be. Here good. we go. <laughs> Here we go. Righto. Thailand's Chanati Wanasayan, the 19 year old rookie. More, please. <laughs> How good are you? Yeah. Anyway, that 19 year old rookie, get this. She has missed her last nine cuts in a row. She Monday qualifies, shoots a nine under 63 for a 26 under total and a four shot win. She's missed nine, nine cuts, cuts in, in a, a row. row. And she shoots 26 under. She's been 45 over for her last eight tournaments. So It is a stupid game. It's a, I was just Isn't about it, to say that. It is a <laughs> stupid, stupid game. And I guarantee 
It would have been something as simple as she's Monday qualified. Yep. She's just found something. Unbelievable. You know, she might have moved the ball an inch forward uh, with her irons and maybe, you know, started using her shoulders when she putts or what. It yep. would have been just so simple. Mm. And it just it's a game changer. She would have held an eight-footer on the first hole. Probably. She would have just gone, boom. Yep. Gee, that felt all right. I watched some of the and back nine highlights and how she misses nine cuts in a row, I don't know. But if you're shooting 26 under, obviously you're playing really well. But uh, of the Aussies, Sarah Kemp tied for 21st. Nice solid week for her. Grace Kim tied for 26th on the Asian Development Tour. Ooh. Jeez, so this we're is going the one everywhere we're these going, days. Well, we because, because an Aussie one. Oh, See? good. Queenslander, Who? Uh, Aaron Wilkin. Uh, this was in Vietnam. Oh, we saw him play last Started year. the round seven shots behind Dean Lawson. So remember, Dean yeah, had a... Yeah. Had a you know, we saw him all year. We did, yep. So uh, Dean finished runner-up, but Aaron had a good win there. Jack Moddock tied for 15th. And also here in Australia, we had the first stage of the European or the DP mm. World Tour qualifying school at Rosebud. Yeah. Gave out four spots yes. to go through to the second stage, and that was Matias Sanchez, Andre Lorty, fellow oh, good. Heath member, yep. Lucas Higgins, and Cooper Eccleston. Isn't that fantastic? That mm. is just fantastic. Um, and uh, can we put a shout out to Braden Becker from WA? He double buggy the last and missed. Yeah, it was a tough finish. And he's tough. a good player. Very good. He, he's a really nice player. He was four under par, standing on the 18th tee. Easily the best round of the day. It was a windy, rotten it old was. day. And my heart goes out to him because that's that hurts. Oof. Yeah, it does. Luckily, it was only just first stage. If it was final stage, you kind of go, oof, that would have been even worse. But, um, yeah, it's a tough game in that regard. But it's that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Righto, Dan. It is time for some feedback. A good reaction from people to Ping coming on board, which is unsurprising. Oh, yeah. That's a great company. Marky Market message in saying... I love my G425s. Great game improvement clubs. Certainly are. They've got a nice, beautiful, big sweet spot. The driver and the fairway woods are magnificent. If you haven't tried them, get down to your local shop and give them a go. You know how I got my new clubs last week? Oh, yeah. Well, you told everyone about it. I know. I know. <laughs> Nick saw them. I played with him on Tuesday and he was jealous. And he's had the same set of clubs for how long? You had those dirty old oh, things oh, you've had in your bag for. Dirty old things. Come on. You've had them for six or seven things. years. I've had them a little while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay the ping boys a visit. What are you going to upgrade to? You've insp- well, I was looking through the catalogue the other day and the new I-59s look really yeah. schmick. They do look nice. They... They don't have the biggest sweet spot, as in they're more for your, you know, your better yeah. players. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of what you used to play with, Nick. Yes. Uh, Adrian Diggins has written in. Okay. This is in response to the photo of you in the ping room. You know the the room with all the all oh, the, the gold. What's what's the room called? The vault. The gold putter vault. Yeah. The gold putter vault. Adrian said, and I, I'm going to you know slightly temper the language here. <laughs> effing broomsticks. Angry face. They should be banned 100%. And then about 10 emojis. Yep. They are controversial, aren't they? They yes. are. Yeah, yeah I they totally are. agree. They should be banned. Yeah. I agree too. I agree too. My, my best it, ever finish at the Australian Masters, uh, I came fifth. Three of them had long putters in front of me. Three. Bradley Hughes won it, beat Peter <laughs> Senior, and Terry Price came third. But even retrospectively, I still can't win a tournament because Craig Perry pipped me at the post. So <laughs> even if they changed it, I still come second. Email from James here. He said, Hey guys, love the podcast. As a fan of the DP World Tour, it was great to see Ludwig win mm. the European Masters. It was. What can be done to make sure the big name players, particularly internationals, compete in more tournaments outside the PGA Tour? I'm question. talking events like the Scottish Open and the PGA at Wentworth. They're fantastic, but we need to see more of them. 
It's a very good question, and they do it well in tennis. So you got your grand slams in tennis, and you've got your uh, looks. I don't know. We'll have to call Todd Woodbridge mm. uh, to find out. You got your A, Bs, and C tournaments, and it is my understanding that you have to play in your fair share of most of those categories if you are a tennis player. Could, now you'd know this better than me. Yeah. Uh, is there a system where that could possibly <laughs> take place with some players, even if they did every yeah. second year? You well, know, a lot of the Americans don't want to travel, we get it. Yeah. But every second year, if you went and played, you had to play in two DP World Tours and then you had to play in you know, somewhere else. Yeah, well, with the strategic alliance, as they call it now, where Scottish Open and, and Wentworth, as they say, they're, they're, they're building this relationship with the PGA Tour. That'd be the way to do it and introduce more events in that regard. As you just alluded to, mm. Americans hate traveling overseas. Yeah. Um, that's part of it as well. And I hate to say it at the end of the day, appearance money is what really attracts a lot of the players to go overseas as well. So uh, it's how they can... Lot, it's got to be a lot of appearance money these days. Yeah, especially like now. A million bucks, they wouldn't care. Oh, you'd be surprised. I mean, that's... For, right. for your... Well, would, sorry. Would John Rahm come for, down for here for a million bucks? Okay, for yeah. those players, probably yeah. not. No, yeah. I'm I'm talking the bigger names, but not quite in that top ten. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know the sort of player you're talking about. Yeah. I don't want to call them B graders because they're unbelievable no. players, yeah. but they're just they're the A graders. So you got elite, you got the elite players, yep. the A graders. I reckon there'd be a stack of them that wouldn't come down for a million Aussie. Mm. A stack, they no. would not care. Which is sad, really, because as we know, back in the day, the Australian Open was almost the fifth major, almost. wasn't it? Almost, yeah. A good question from James, and he goes on to say, great to see Ping come on board, boys, and support the podcast. I'm playing on an old set of S56s, and they are magnificent. Well, yeah, I've, I've still got a couple of sets of the S56s. I've got them from S55 all the way up through S59. That's interesting, because you're a lefty. You wouldn't have as many people to give you clubs to as I do. <laughs> so I, I imagine you probably do have about 15 sets I, in I got, I got a few left. As yeah. I said, the, I think in a previous pot, I, I used to give them away to my father-in-law so, now, and speaking, other people. Speaking of you being a lefty, Nick, yep. uh, Michael Edwards uh, has had a crack at you here. Okay. Michael Edwards, 1969, he's replying to your masterclass from last week where you hit a quite sensational drive, right-handed. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, come on, man, you're being mean to us regular golfers. Well, it was actually my second attempt. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to throw him under the bus here. <laughs> okay, tell us. My, tell us. my, my cameraman, <laughs> a few holes earlier, we did, we did this. We're out at the Woodlands Golf Club, and it's a little noisy out there because you've got yeah. planes coming. So we picked a quiet time. I now hit this tee shot on... Uh, 15, went through the spiel for the masterclass, and I have laced this thing. I mean, it, it I absolutely was, laced it. It was the best drive that he hit all day. It and was. this was, he'd been playing left-handed all day. And this one where he hit the ball right-handed and turned his left-handed club upside yeah. down to hit it right-handed was the best drive of the day that he hit. It was. We're walking off the tee, and I thought, I'll better check the video, see what it looks like. Someone forgot to press record. <laughs> you know why? That, this, is, this is ridiculous, sorry. It's because at the start, he just he just fluffed the start, a second. Yeah. And I must have pushed the button on instinct. And then he just kept on going. But I'm telling you, this, this one that he took was the best take. Not only was the shot yep. perfect, the words were perfect. <laughs> even after he nailed it, he didn't even focus on how good a shot it was. He actually went back and said something else of interest. Yep. It was the perfect ever masterclass, and I didn't push... Record. So a couple of weeks ago, Mark, you, someone's had a crack at you, I forget yeah. who it was, for 
filming Nick's masterclass and cutting the bottom off yes, the camera I know. and <laughs> miss, <laughs> missing it. And now you've missed the great show. I know. That's oh, right. And then someone, uh, who was it that put the... Uh, shot tracer. Shot tracer on. Oh, yeah. How good was that? They did a great job. Yeah. You are a disgrace, Thank you. Mark. Thank you. You are a disgrace. Actually, we, we, whoever that shot tracer is, we, we need to get him on staff. It was Peter. That's right. We Pete. Well, Pete, we might, we might have to start sending you... <laughs> we, we, we should. We might, we'll send you the masterclass before we send it out to real. If you could put yeah. the shot tracer on for us, that'd be great. Yeah. If but you haven't seen the shot tracer video, it's on our socials and it's re it's really really good. <laughs> and that actually was, yeah, I had a beautiful shot up the left, just kind of faded back. It was it was actually nice, but it wasn't quite as good as the first one. Had one of the great. Had a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. That. It was still good. <laughs> had a had a message from uh, Kangaroo Great Corey oh. McKernan. Hey, Corsa. Oh, yeah. perfect. Corey McKernan's written in said, uh, and he was talking about how you guys toasted Glenn Joyner last week. Mm. Yeah. He's one of the greatest boys. I'm taking on one of his mantras moving forward. TNT, today, not tomorrow. If you have things you want to do, don't hesitate with, yeah. a, love, with a love heart. Great way to be. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, Good nice. on you. And, and a lot of people, you know, right throughout the week, I think he's having a, I think he's having his memorial at the MCG. Oh, uh, really? Glenn Joyner on Great. the 12th. Awesome. So um, I'm not sure if everyone's invited, but, you know. Okay. Got a message from Drew here who's got a question for you guys. Now, you guys both know Drew because apparently Drew used to caddy for you, mate. Yeah, Drew Dublin. He's yeah. a police officer these days, Drew Dublin. Oh, he's a cop. Okay, there you go. He's also a member of the Joondalup Country Club Resort, and there are members' public course there, as you guys know. He's got a couple of issues, and he wants to ask you guys oh, about yeah, it. Here we go. Joondalup has so <laughs> many golfers who play all the time, and it's rare that a bunker gets raked correctly or a divot gets fixed correctly. Mm. And he reckons this would happen at lots of clubs around the country, yeah, it does. too. Now, he's saying. I appreciate that if I hit into a bunker, it's a hazard, but I don't think it's fair that you end up in an unraked footprint. And what annoys me is that you rip a drive down the middle, you find your ball in a divot that looks like the Grand Canyon. I reckon we should change these rules as this could cost someone a tournament, a tour card, or even worse, their professional future. Well, Drew, gee whiz. I could tell some stories about his kid. <laughs> well, funny you say that. He said he's got a few about you. <laughs> we might, we'll have to get him on. Uh, yeah, one day. One I day. used to play junior golf against him too. Did you? Oh, yeah. yeah I bet you did. Um, in COVID, when you weren't allowed to touch rakes, it seemed to work okay in the bunkers because you could actually place it because no bunkers were being raked. Preferred lie. You could put it wherever you liked. And believe me, a whole lot of good bunker players were found because yeah. of the perfect lies. Now, that tells me that one of the most important things about playing bunker shots, whether it's fairway traps or greenside bunkers, is actually diagnosing the lie. Correct. And knowing what you can do from the lie that you have been given. So I'm going to say no to both because okay. I want to get snowflakes out of golf and I want them all to learn how to hit a shot out of a divot. You did a great masterclass recently. Uh, and also, you've just got to learn um, about bad lies in bunkers. Sure. And... and You've got to look at a bunker shot and know what you can and can't do from that lie. I think it's really important. And it's a wonderful part of golf, in my view. Yeah, I think if you're playing on a look, a public golf course and it's yes. with your friends, totally take that preferred lie. Yes. If you're playing in a competition at a private course, which, although the Joondalup is private and public, I know, but uh, then it's just play it as it lies. I totally agree with you. Everyone talks about you should get relief from divots, but I don't believe you should. It's because the vagaries come in of, well, is this a divot, is it not? Yeah. Is this a footprint? Is it not in a, yeah. in a, in a bunker? We so can have a divot that's almost fixed. Yeah, exactly. You get a drop out of that as well? No. no. Play it as it lies. You've really put Drew in his place, haven't you? Well, 
Yeah, we have. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Drew. <laughs> now, last bit of feedback. This is actually a question, and it's feedback and a question. Yeah. And this is a, a new thing we've got called We've Got Mail. Yes. Oh, mm. good. Now, if people want to do this and get involved, they can go to the website, talkbirdie.com.au, and they can leave a message. There's a little thing you can hit record, and you can start recording, and it sends us a message, and we'll play it on the show. Who really? organised that? Did you do that? I don't know. Someone, someone who knows more about that stuff than me. Well <laughs> done to you. We have a message. Oh, here we've we go. We've got mail. You have one new voicemail. Ooh, nice. New message. Hey, good morning, Nick and Mark. Uh, BJ Carter here from Maine. Uh, first, uh, just want you to know I love what Talk Birdie is all about, the podcast, the videos, the demonstrations, the conversations, just the general awareness and dialogue around the sport. So much fun to, to be part of you guys' world and listen to you. Um, quick question for you, though. I do have a debate and a little bit of a dilemma. For whatever reason this year, I keep finding myself about 50 yards, you know, 40 yards short of the pin. Mm. What seems to be a consistent um, problem shot for me is a downhill lie. I'm a lefty, um, whether I've just come out of a bunker or just on the fringe trying to figure out how to use a 60-degree 60 60 degree, uh, club, trying to watch uh, a lot of videos on club position um, feet position, whether you're leaning forward, just, you know, the swing velocity. So if you had time and you uh, were looking for, you know, an opportunity to walk a lowly amateur through a, a chronic situation, that would be helpful. Like I said, love Talk Birdie, love what you guys do, and really enjoy following you. Thanks so much. Oh, BJ. Thanks, nice BJ. Fella. He is a lovely guy. He's actually, uh, I know BJ. He's a friend of mine from Maine, up in the northeast in the US. So What's got... it like up there in Maine? Is oh, it a nice place? Magnificent. Everyone, it's everyone loves it. Everyone, every time yep. they've got a holiday home in Maine, oh, yeah. you hear it all the time. Played yeah. golf with him and another buddy of mine, Joe Bedard, up there. It's uh, it's an amazing uh, sort of part of the corner of the world, I guess yeah, you okay. could say. But BJ, he's a lefty like me, and BJ, great. Thanks for. Uh, messaging in mate that's uh, it's good to hear your voice it's been a while but um downhill lies 40 to 50 yards with that lob wedge sand iron i totally get it it is a tough shot to play for me it's all in the setup where what you want to do is exaggerate the width of your stance because you need to lean your weight into your front leg so that you're playing down with the slope if you don't widen your stance enough then you can't lean your weight enough because you tend to lose your balance so over exaggerate a very wide stance Lean all your weight into your front leg. Ball position is going to be about where you normally have it, probably middle to slightly more forward of stance. And then the key then is just to swing down with the slope. Don't try and lift it. Most people, when they get the lofted clubs in their hands, they want to lift that ball up. Just swing down with the slope. It's going to come out a little bit lower, so you've got to allow for that. And something that might also help is actually on the follow-through, walk through the shot, step through after it, because that'll get your weight going down with the slope. A lot of people, as I said, they tend to hand back and try and lift the ball. So that's what it's all about for me. You can use a variety of clubs, but if you've got that lob wedge in your hand, widen that stance, really exaggerate that. Jeez, I like the you've got mail stuff. That's mm. good. Yeah, it's good fun. So where, where, if, if you want to leave a message like that, Dan, where do people go again? Talkbirdiesabee.com.au. About halfway down the page, there's a little thing that says start recording to send wow. Nick, and, Nick and Mark a message. Good on you, Dan. That's very well cool. done for organising that stuff. You should tell us when you do good things. <laughs> you should. I reckon we might have talked about it before and you just forgot. <laughs> Usually we, we get a whack. Yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it sends that little message when people are whacking us. He loves it. <laughs> now, that, that is the feedback for this week. You guys did have homework, but I reckon we're going to hold your homework till next week. Okay. What, was the, what was the homework? Well, the homework was you guys were going to talk about the, the part of your game that you struggled with the, the most through your career. Oh, okay. uh, we'll do that next week. We'll do that next I week. I don't like talking about that stuff. So. <laughs>
Okay, this week's top five, we spoke last week about, uh, I think, did someone message in the top five weirdest penalties or disqualifications in golf? And I said, right, next week we're going to do it. Well, that is this week. My number five for the weirdest penalty, DQs, whatever you want to call it, 2010 PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Dustin Johnson (laughs) came to the last hole, tied for the lead. And they had these, well, they have 1,100 bunkers, what they call bunkers on the golf course. Mostly they're waste areas, but at the start of the week, they said, right, all these waste areas are, are deemed bunkers, so don't ground your club. DJ, unfortunately, grounded his club, hit a beautiful shot on the green, made the par, thinking he's in a playoff with Keimer and Bubba Watson, yeah. and the official came over and said, sorry, you grounded your club, two-shot penalty. He didn't even know. Oh. He, was, he, he, was, he just thought it was a sandy part yep. of the hill. Didn't know he did it. Everyone in the locker room was there going, no, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? You're grounding your club. They yeah. all knew, but uh, it was a tough one. So and that's my number five. People everywhere, you wouldn't have even known. Like all those people who are watching would mm. have been standing in this thing. Oh, yeah. So no one's, you know, well, that's where he hit the ball, where yeah, people were right. standing. Yeah. Yes. And it was a sliver. It was just a bit of dirt on the yep. side, but they, they, it they was a bunker. It a bunker. So, okay, number four, 2017 ANA Inspiration. Lexi Thompson had a four-shot lead on Sunday. And an official, sorry, she had a three-shot lead on Sunday. And an official comes up to her early on the back nine and says, Lexi, we got a problem. Yesterday, you marked your ball a certain way. It wasn't correct. That's a two-shot penalty. You signed... Your scorecard, that's a two-shot penalty. She had a four-shot penalty. All of a sudden, she went from being three in the lead to one behind. behind. Did she win? No, she did not. Uh-huh. She lost in a playoff to So Yon Ru. So that's break, a tough one. Did she break her driver in the playoff? But if you watch, if you go back and you watch it on YouTube, it's, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a good... She yeah. marked the ball and then put it to the side because she didn't want to put it in a hole and all that sort yeah, of okay. stuff. Anyway, right. number three. This is really tough. 2003 British Open at Royal St. George's. Oh, no. Mark Rowe. Played the round of his life in the third round. Shot a five under 67. He's three shots back going into the final round. Unfortunately, at the start of the day when you meant to exchange cards, he was playing with Jesper Panovic. He and Jesper didn't... They either forgot to exchange cards or... or or yeah. the official gave them cards that were exchanged and then they exchanged them. Basically, they marked their own cards, handed them in, signed the wrong cards disqualification it was horrific that's not the british open i thought you were about to say but okay. go on, that's a ridiculous well, there one. is another british open yeah, that's on, next, that was ones. number three number two 2001 open championship at uh i think it was royal lytham was he leading ian Wisnam. yeah starts with a par three and was was on the range experimenting between a couple of drivers yeah and uh, they forgot to take the driver out of the bag because they were starting on a par three I if think it's they a get par on, four start there's no uh, way this no happens. way no way it happens got to the second tee and uh, miles bernie's caddy said uh was he i think you're about to go ballistic <laughs> mate <laughs> i got too many clubs in the bag here so yeah 15 clubs and uh, two shot penalty he ended up losing by three or four so he's right what's your number one number one going back in history a little bit here 1968, Masters, yeah. Roberto Di Vincenzo. Oh, what a disaster. Tommy Aaron, his playing partner, wrote down a four on 17 when he actually made a three. And when they got into the scorer's hut, they signed the cards. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't pick up the mistake and he signed for one shot higher. It means he lost by one shot to Bob Goldie. And the famous line that yes, was quoted... I was, I was waiting for it. What a stupid I what, am. What a stupid I am. Fantastic. <laughs> to lose the Masters by one shot. So they're my five weirdest penalties DQs. It's just not fair, is it, that Robert 
the Vinci. Uh, uh, Di Vincenzo. Di Vincenzo. You can't get the names out, can it's, you? No, nah, not today. Okay. Or ever. We well, um, finished your wine too, so maybe that's it. <laughs> but it's just such a shame that you know they they don't do that sort of stuff anymore. No. You know, you, it's it's a totally yeah. different system. But golf is God. the only sport. Golf is the only sport where you have to mark your own score. Yeah. In every other sport, everyone else does it. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. They need to change that rule. There's another one. Okay. Well, it's time for the masterclass. Now, it's my turn. It's my turn. It is. And, and I'm going to do this. I've played golf the last two days. I played golf with a fellow who doesn't play much golf um, yesterday. And I played with three fellows today who don't play much golf. And topping it is the bane of most golfers' existence. They hate it. And it's ridiculous because I think, and I really truly believe, that the only reason or one of the main reasons that people top the ball is because they're trying to hit the ball up in the air. Now, you've got to imagine sometimes that you're playing golf with a hockey stick. Now, with a hockey stick, because it doesn't have any loft, if you made a swing and tried to hit a hockey ball, then you're just going to hit that hockey ball along the ground. If you tried to hit the hockey ball up, it's a real skill and, and, and it doesn't quite often work. Now, a golf ball, it's only three centimetres high. So if you come up, if that bottom part of, the, of your golf club comes up a centimetre and a half, that's the top. You're mm. going to hit it right in the belly. So what I've been telling people yesterday and today is that to stop trying to hit the ball high. It's as simple as that. Just hit the ball. Was that with the irons or the driver? With everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the back foot top is the easiest thing in the world, oh, I yeah. think, to fix. But if you've been doing it for a long time, it's a, it's hard to change your mindset because you think it's not tennis. You know, if tennis, if you want to lob one over your opponent, you actually physically hit the ball up. If you're playing cricket and you want to hit one over the fielders for six, you've got to physically hit the ball up. But in golf, you don't really have to physically hit it up for the ball to fly. So yesterday and today, once I started telling uh, the people I was playing with not to try and hit high shots, it just completely changes everything to a point where they're not even on the back foot anymore. Beautiful. They actually roll up, you know, the bit of weight on the front foot and the back foot comes up on the toe. So if you're topping the ball, if you're a horrible topper of the golf ball, stop trying to hit high shots. End of story. Yeah, it's almost a game of opposites, isn't it? To get it to go up, you almost got to hit down on it a little. Yeah. The other masterclass is if you're in a golf cart going to the first playoff hole, make sure your caddy's <laughs> in the back. Make sure your caddy's in the back. Lifting that rope. And her job is to get the rope not only over your head, but over the club's heads as well. Well, have you ever taken two backup drivers <laughs> to a tournament? That may be the other solution. <laughs> that might be the solution. Anyway, a big thank you to Royal Melbourne. Uh, a big thank you to Ping. And a big thank you to all our listeners. We, we really appreciate all the feedback. And if you've got some, get in touch with our socials. Um, Push that play uh, record button on uh, talkbirdytome.com.au and we'll see you next time. All right, cheers, Mark. Oh, there it is. That's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Now, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll never miss an episode. And if you can share with a friend, well, that'll be awesome too. Talk Birdies Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 